Shalom Aleichem. Happy Friday. I hope you all are pumped for the weekend that's coming. Shabbat Shalom. Good Shabbos from my Yidin. We're going to just relax tonight. Kick back. Be grateful. Okay. We're back at it. Chapter 4. Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, I'm going to try and keep this jam packed with Chochmah and not rant as much. Unless it's organic. And that's what you're here for. To hear me just organically rant. Like I am now. Let's cook. For those that didn't listen to the last episode, there's one thing I want you to remember. It's this awesome saying, which is, die before you die. Strip ego and identity before you die. Because Eckhart Tolle believes when you're dead, you do not identify with a thing. Whereas right now we're alive and we identify with everything and it causes problems. Learn to strip identity and ego before you die. And you are at peace. Because when we die... The theory is we're at peace. The chapter kicks off with Eckhart Tolle saying that the best indicator of your consciousness is how you deal with life's challenges when they come. So I will ask you, how do you deal with challenges when they come? I'll let you think about this for a second. I personally have learned to go inward. What are my fears and insecurities since that drives us as human beings and that drives my behaviors? Boom. That's how I deal with every challenge. Tolle, he says that those who are unconscious will tend to become even more unconscious with a challenge. And a person who's already conscious or very conscious will become more conscious when the challenge arrives. Now that's something I struggle with. I'm still try. I hate the feeling of being possessed by my emotions. Literally my hormones are playing me like a puppet with the strings attached to my limbs. I don't like that feeling. It drives me to sugar. And I only realized I was being possessed by my hormones after the fact. And that's what's frustrating. So I'm trying to meditate in the moment all the time without my eyes closing. I'm always trying to be aware all the time, especially when things get cray cray. Now this quote I'm about to tell you, it's probably one of the most popular quotes from this book. And I can see why. Ready for it? Change the situation, leave the situation, or accept it. All else is madness. That is all I'm going to say. Amazing. Tolly makes a great point that for so many people, here is never good enough. And he says, think right back to your younger self. You wanted to be older. You wanted to be in the situation you are right now as an adult. And isn't it funny because now as an adult, you're either wishing, remember keyword wishing you were in the past or the future. You don't wish you were here. And he's saying, but a past version of you or potentially a future version of you is going to wish for this moment. So be grateful for it. Be present. And if if that is too much verbiage, I'll say it briefly again. Future you very well might wish that they're back here. I'll say it again. Future you might wish they're here. Past you as a kid might have wished to be in your shoes right now as well. Therefore, we have a past version of you and a a future version of you wishing they were present version of you and right now what are you doing you're probably wishing away this moment damn now totally deems that stress is caused by being here but wanting to be there (laughs) simple as that indeed (laughs) now if you remember totally also deems stress is just a human construct the ego creates stress to identify to something so it feels alive 
so it doesn't feel dead and the human race can continue. Tolley believes that saying one day you'll make it is completely taking the joy out of the present moment. And this hit home because I've been saying this all the time. I can't wait for five years from now. I am going to be such a success in real estate five years from now. I'm going to have a busy clientele list five years from now. I keep wishing and, and believing one day I'll make it and wishing this moment away. And it actually hit me the other day. My mother reminded me of this. My mother read this book too. And it hit me that, wait a second. If I'm wishing for five years from now, that means I'm wishing away the time with my bubblas, my clients, my youngsters. That means I'm wishing away Shabbat dinners at Chabad. That means I'm wishing away the time with my brother, the, the valuable, priceless time with my brother before we separate forever. We live together and we have such a good time. That means I'm wishing away this moment with you talking to you on this podcast. Like I'm literally wishing it all away when I say I want that future. And it just hit me all at once. And, and right now, like it makes me emotional. Like why would I wish away that time with my brother? I cherish those times with my brother. Anytime we get to relax at home together because we're both busy. I cherish it. Why would I wish that away? What were you thinking, Zev? And so, yes, I have never been more present and I was already really present, but that always kept trickling in. I want five years from now. I want five years from now. I don't even know why that number actually I'll tell you. And here's the rant part I warned you about in the intro, but I don't care. This is me talking about just life. I have been programmed by the fire community, financial independence, retire early. I came across it on the internet years ago, years ago, and I've been driven to be financially independent by 30 just because I'm comparing to other people. Imagine if, imagine if all these people, 40, the age 40 was when they all retired early. Then I wouldn't be saying 30, but look, here we are. I'm trying to do what a few have done and fuck, it is so toxic. And I'm so glad that I'm not in a rush to grow up. I'm not in a rush anymore. Oh, it feels so good to say out loud. Tolly says that it's not uncommon for people to spend their whole life waiting to start living. <laughs> So get this, what Tolly again deems the unhappy self, aka that part of your mind. It knows that the present moment resembles death and so it fears the present moment and it starts getting you to forget about the present moment. Because like I say, the present moment is real. There is no label construction, it's real. And that's death, when there's peace. When there is no label, form, construction, identity, or belief, there is peace there. Peace is nothing. When there's nothing that's been created or destroyed, he calls this the unmanifested. You'll hear that later on. That's peace. And I, I totally believe it. When you have nothing to even create, it's already, it was never created, never destroyed. That is the essence. That's the, that's the space between the letters. That's always there. <laughs> Okay, let's move on to chapter five. This is titled The State of Presence. Yes, I love the schmaltz. Bring on the, the schmaltz. Egos are drawn to bigger egos. Simple as that. And remember, your ego is your self-talk. Egos are drawn to bigger egos. And on that note, real quick, is picture this. The ego is the sliding scale between the id and the superego. So the id if, is very instinctual. You don't even think. It's pure unconsciousness, pure barbaric savagery you're at a restaurant you're thirsty you grab the first drink you see it could be at another table could be your friends that's that's idiotic the superego is when you start to think oh 
I'm going to survive. I'm going to be okay. Oh, that waiter is looking really stressed. I'm going to wait until they're free. And you just start looking at the bigger picture that, and the ego slides. The ego can be close to that super ego. It can be down near that uh, idiot, uh, idiot, uh, idiotic state. And that's the ego. So anyways, it's your self-talk. Your self-talk will always tell you, because think about it, your self-talk could be in a near that id form. Your self-talk could say, I need the water now. That's your ego. Your ego is the self-talk saying you need the water now. But your ego could also be closer to the superego saying everything will be okay. Everything will be fine. And some people, like everyone has an ego. This is the thing. It's You can't eradicate it, but you can observe it. You can control it. It's like a dog, right? It's not you. That dog is not you. But you can control it. You can train it. You can train it. Okay? You can train your self-talk. You can be aware. And when a dog has instincts, okay? So the the dog, let's say, I'm just literally off the top of my head. The dog starts kicking dirt after they go to the bathroom or something. And the, and the you can't control that. That's just in their genes. But you've trained it not to run away. You've trained it so... And then you just accept that. You look at the bigger picture. You accept what the dog does because it's just their genetics and their DNA as a dog. Like, for example, actually, funny story. My sister was opera singing the other day. My dog, she's 12. Not mine, my mother's, but whatever. Grew up with her. Starts howling. And we never hear her howl except for when my sister opera sings. And we're like, what is it with, like, that pitch? It just gets the dog howling. And that's in their DNA. No matter how much we, we told her not to howl she would howl so your ego is no different fun fact that's my rant on like how your self-talk can be awesome your self-talk can project pure love but that is still not you that's been your self-talk has been programmed so you just have to observe the programming and, and i guess be grateful for that programming right egos are drawn to bigger egos so if you're drawn to an enlightened teacher or an author like Eckhart Tolle it's because there's already enough presence within you you recognize it in someone else versus how often you hear people ridicule criticize without knowing anything about something clearly it's because a light's been shined on their insecurity maybe someone doesn't feel uh, adequate enough just one random there's a million things that can be baggage worthy but that could be one and so then they dismiss Eckhart Tolle they say like oh that's just stupid and cheesy it's like oh well maybe it's because Eckhart reminds them because everyone's a mirror. Remember that. Everyone in your life is a mirror. It's going to reflect back on you what you think about yourself. And for some people, that's painful to see someone. That's why some people chirp people who are thriving. We love to see successful people fail. Because then it tells us that we're not bad anymore. Like we're not inferior. That's a whole other thing we all should get rid of is this scarcity of inferiority. <laughs> And so, yeah, next time you criticize someone, actually go inward and go, why? Why do I need to criticize them? What's going on in me? Even if it's horrible, even if we see a personal trainer out there just butchering a movement for their client and the client isn't getting the help they need and we can and we start judging and, oh, they're such a bad trainer. Again, we are just witnessing what we're scared of being. And we have to then go, oh, I'm just scared of being a bad coach. They can't do anything about that because if I had the same DNA and the same history, I would be doing the exact same thing. Therefore, I cannot judge. I cannot blame. That's just it. There's no other connotation. You don't have to start creating a story. That's just pure ego, pure subconscious, not subconscious. That's pure unconsciousness 
just creating these stories you know that's that's like being a zombie now Tolly has the hottest take ever which kind of deterred me from this book a little midway through he thinks pure consciousness the most aware part of your essence is god <laughs> i was like come on don't bring god into this which he does talk about this but realize that's just a form god is a form still a label still a construct still a belief and that that's just our ego so he, he talks about signposts and i told you this in the last episode that form that label is just a post just like when you go to the park the sign saying the park is not the park you can't actually describe the park the park is just it just is that's its essence is the park but so we can have fun talking to people and not be boring and enjoy life we have to give it a, con a construct a construction and call it something so that's why i don't believe in a god like a typical jewish god or a typical christian or like i don't believe in the typical god that's a man it's the like i like the form of god what we all agree to as an enigma what happened before the big bang that is god to me the the unknown when people say the universe brought me this and that and they're like i'm an atheist but the universe did i'm like that's god <laughs> okay not knowing why something's happening is god and that's for, and everyone has their own definition that's fine so totally actually doesn't believe in guidance per se to presence i i actually disagree with him there i think you can be guided to presence i do with my athletes when they meditate all the time and i've been guided in a yoga class when I was younger and it blew my mind. <laughs> I've been guided by apps, by YouTube. You can guide people to be present for sure. It happens in this book. This book's a guide. Heck, this podcast could be guiding you. Okay, chapter six, the inner body. Speaking of presence, this is an awesome meditation technique. This whole chapter kind of dives into meditation. Let's see, I'm at 1340. Oh, we're gonna, this is awesome, we're flying. I hope this is more of a dense podcast. I wanted this to be a little more dense in knowledge and me not just rambling. The last one I did not like, and so this is gonna be a better one. I already can feel it. So this meditation technique of feeling your bone, feeling your organs, like going deep in the body. Like if you put your hand outside your face right now and you pretend what the inside of your hand feels like. Like that, right there, when you did that, that was presence. Now, Duncan Trussell talks about this on Midnight Gospel. His mother actually was on, and what a great episode. Go watch the final episode of Midnight Gospel. You will thank me. And she talks about this inner body meditation. It is wonderful. I do it to this day. Eckhart Tolle says there's nothing more real than the body. And this reminds me of a TikTok I saw, which is, when the mind wanders, the body's always present. Never forget that. Tolle has some hot takes, and this one is hot he says when you focus and get good at always listening to your inner body all day long negativity will not affect you anymore and that's almost like a deflection technique though that's a coping mechanism and there's issues with that too he says you'll you'll attract new circumstances that reflect that higher frequency of presence and I, that, that he has a decent point law of attraction it kind of exists so you guys remember forms right i just talked about forms remember that definition because this is what Tolly says. Our inner body, behind all the forms, labels, definitions, beliefs, our inner body, behind all that, is the link to the unmanifested. The link. And it is so true. It's true because our awareness of the tissues we've 
possessed has never been created or destroyed. Yes, our tissues have been created or destroyed. Before we were even this meat suit, there was something else to be conscious about. If we were a plant, like, I know, okay, this sounds so shmagaggy, mashuga, fakakta, but listen, we don't know if plants have consciousness. Maybe it's just different than our consciousness. I'm just saying, let's get philosophical about this. Whatever entity we were before, and when I say we, just remember that's an adopted phrase. Like, when I say we, it's uh, it's the awareness of that definition. We are that awareness of when I say we. Anyways, not to get into meta talk here but what if they're the plants have some con- i hate that i'm saying anything. like just if scott was right beside me right now or my buddies were standing right beside me or my brother and i just said if we were plants and we in the plants consciousness they'd be rolling their eyes so hard anyways <clears throat> i'm just saying whoever we were before the essence was aware of something there was awareness there that's been forever now Tolly has a better way of saying it than i do <laughs> that's a fact because he goes so remember what I just said there, but he says the source. So remember, he says our inner body is a link to the unmanifested. He's saying the source that is linked to that our inner body is linked to is pure consciousness that is emanated, um, a.k.a. It's like the same way light emanates from the sun. OK, our inner body that our present, our awareness is an emanation of some true consciousness. Okay, just like the sun emanates light and we see light in the in whatever. Now I like how he puts this cuz again, this was before I learned about the signpost analogy, but he's saying terms like unmanifested, being, essence, true consciousness, awareness, all of these things. They're just attempts to explain something that can't even be spoken. We can the true unmanifested, the true being essence it can't be spoken like i said it's like a signpost the the park cannot be put on a sign it's the park it can't be spoken when we talk about true consciousness just can't so we're always always our our self-talk is always just putting this up for people to understand like we're all just trying to seek meaning and understanding and it's nothing anytime we speak this is what's frustrating actually i can see why monks go and don't talk for the rest of their lives is because just to speak is the ego anytime we speak that is the ego Ugh, and like ah uh, you can't even explain this stuff truly because when we try to explain it like i am now it's egotistic still it's what's behind the words. No different than the park is behind the sign. It's, you know, and Tolly puts it well. He says, by saying what it is not, it points to what it is. <laughs> so when I say the unmanifested being, true consciousness, awareness, that is what those things are not. It's behind the words. And Tolly deems like, don't get attached to these words. And he says, don't get attached to any words. They are no more than signposts. All the words we use in the English language are just signposts for what's real. Words are not real. They are constructed. Never forget that. That might be like the takeaway from this. And actually, I think I'm going to finish it on that note. That is how I'm going to finish this, people. Words are constructs too. They are signposts. You, along with anything else that's real, that's actually real, cannot be articulated cannot be explained 
cannot be created. Like a word was created. No different than a bunch of things in this world were created. They are not real. Like the light that emanates from the sun, anything you see that was created, there is a deeper source. There is a true realness behind what's been constructed. And that's what's real. Anything else, it's a story. It's just a story. And that is not you. Yes, it could exist in this dimension. You got to detach completely detach yourself like a third person video game detach and realize we've created a story around everything and that is why our perception is the way it is and our world is the way it is we're at 20 minutes shalom aleichem have a fantastic weekend this was a great podcast i had so much fun and i can't wait to talk to you about the rest of chapter six next week see you later everyone That was amazing. Don't you feel good? I feel fantastic. Rate five stars and review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening. Otherwise, I honestly couldn't give a shit. I just can't wait for AI to take over all this content one day. And my great, 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 great grandkids will have a full-fledged conversation with me. Fuck, that's creepy. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Bye.